Good evening, everyone. We'll continue our discussion of Srila Jiva Goswami's Krishna Sindarbha. I will quickly review our uh, class from Saturday. Uh, we're on a section of Krishna Sindarbha uh, where Srila Jiva Goswami is showing uh, Gati Samanya, uh, that there is some concordance, some agreement amongst all the scriptures uh, in pursuit of uh, the idea that Krishna is the supreme manifestation of the Godhead. So what we covered on Saturday um, is Anucheta 81. No, I'm sorry, 80. This section of the uh, Krishna Sandarbha is dealing with uh, Gati Samanya. It's a concordance between all the scriptures. Now, of course, we certainly saw in the Tattva Sandarbha that um, there's some real um, discussion needed for people to accept the Bhagavat Purana as the topmost uh, uh, source of spiritual knowledge. It takes a certain mindset, and that mindset is unique to the Gaudiya tradition. So therefore, Jiva has done a great service to all Vaishnavas in showing that uh, the Bhagavat Purana is, is basically the, the topmost pramana or the topmost evidence regarding um, a comprehensive understanding of the Supreme Absolute Truth, uh, Bhagavan Sri Krishna. So he's done that at the beginning of his Sandarbhas. And now we're at the Krishna Sandarbha, and he's shown that, yes, there's many manifestations of the Lord, but if we go to the Bhagavat Purana and we look at it as a comprehensive under, uh, presentation of spiritual knowledge for the benefit of humanity, then we have to, we will ultimately arrive at, at a, a magical key that allows us to open up the understanding of this literature which is located in the very first canto, um, Krishna to Bhagavan Swayam, that all these different manifestations of the Lord that were going that are going to be discussed or that have may may have been discussed in so many other scriptures, all of them are subordinate, and the topmost manifestation of divinity is Bhagavan Sri Krishna. So once he's established the fact, then he begins to verify his fact. He went through a whole section of, of uh, presentation, basically taking a whole army <laughs> in four different divisions as backup in support of this conclusion. And the majority of the... The majority of the arguments are coming to us from the pages of Srimad Bhagavatam. So now, he's, and that's his primary evidence. So we don't, we as Gaudias, following his Sandarbhas and understanding his presentation, we have no problem with it. But now he's going to go a little bit further He's established Krishna is Swayam Bhagavan. And then he's going to show, but it's not just the Bhagavatam. This is shown in the other major scriptures. So 
even if you don't accept Srimad Bhagavatam as the topmost pramana or evidence regarding the supreme absolute truth, and you don't readily accept this conclusive, conclusive statement or the Pariva Sutra, the key, the lamp which allows us to see the whole literature in a proper perspective, even if you don't want to accept that, well, and you have other scriptures and you want to, you want to accept more the Prastana Trai, which is the more traditional evidentiary literatures in Vaishnav traditions, all the four different Vaishnav Sampradayas. And I think at this point we really do need to segregate as we as we enter deeper and deeper into the study of the Sandarbhas of Jiva Goswami, there there needs to be a true segregation here, of even the other. Although we say we're Brahma Madhva Gaudiya Sampradaya, there's still a uniqueness to the Siddhanta of the Gaudiyas going forward from the time of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. There's a uniqueness. Of course, there's uniqueness in all major Acharyas. That's why all the major Acharyas, no matter what the, not what, no matter what the Sampradaya or the source of the Sampradaya, Brahma, Lakshmi, the Kumars, um, what's the fourth? Yeah, Shiva. Shiva Sampradaya. So no matter what the the source going all the way back, coming forward, the major acharyas and all these sampradayas, they do there is through a careful study of the evolution of these sampradayas, an evolution in the theistic presentation. And that evolution is marked in time in these different sampradayas by various acharyas and these various acharyas when they come up with with a with a more profound revelation regarding the supreme and regarding the proper way to understand the supreme then what do we get we get a commentary on the vedanta sutra okay so there's a commentary here. We accept, you know, Sankaracharya's commentary, and then we come back up forward to the to the Ramanujas, and then the Madva. So these major these major um, mileposts, we could say, in the development of a, of the theistic thought of a sampradaya. Whenever it's profound, we have a new commentary by a major acharya on the Vedanta Sutra. And he presents his point. And he always presents it in a in a very dignified way. And it's not like the last conclusion in the you know, from the last major major acharya, it was all wrong. It's not presented like this. It was like that was right. This is more right. And this is the most right. So right now we're at a point where we think the most right is Baladev Vidyabhushan's Gaudiya Vaishnav Govinda Bhashya dictated by Govinda himself <laughs> you know to Baladev Vidyabhushan this we would call you know the most right 
It doesn't get any better than that right now. Who knows? Krishna is unlimited. Krishna's devotees, you know, we think, well, this is it. It can't get any better than Sri Shaitanya Mahaprabhu. It can't be get any better than the six Goswamis. It can't. Okay, I agree with you. It can't. That means, that doesn't mean that it might not. Because Krishna is unlimited and he can un- reveal himself. I don't know how more than the sweetness brought out by the Goswamis and the specific sweetness of Krishna's Vrajlila. I don't know how that's going to be, but we'd be foolish to think that we've reached the end of the line. We're just seeing the beginning of the line. The beginning of the line means that once, you know, it's Krishna is unlimited. And in these literatures and these revelations and this experience of loving relationship with the Lord, this is also unlimited. And as we'll probably see before the end of the year, another major literature in our tradition for Sakyabhav. And believe me, there's going to be things in there that have not been revealed before. There's going to be revelation there, new, new or repackaged. No, it's going to be new revelation. And it is going to be repackaged for us and for other generations going forward. Is it going to be the end of the line? No, it's not. So, now, back to the Krishna Sandarbha. Jiva here is showing, okay, let's go. Let's go broad. I'm not just going to, I want to capture everybody. So let me give you some literatures to show that this conclusion delivered in the Bhagavat Purana, Krishnastu Bhagavan Swayam, all these various manifestations of all of them, Krishna is the topmost. Now I'm going to show that this is also there and supported in other major scriptures. So that's the section we are at right now in the Krishna Sandarbha. And it's called Gati Samanya, Universal Concordance, Universal, all the scriptures. Of course, for us, scripture means Vedic knowledge. So uh, I'll just go over a couple of the verses that were presented as evidence uh, and then we're going to go into um, the 82nd Anacheda tonight. The 80, 82nd Anacheda is another one of those Maha Anachetas, I guess we could call them, because f- for our digestion, they've had to, the sections, which is an Anacheda, have been subsectioned for us. So all the Vedas, all learning along with all scriptures and all sacrifices are Krishna who is worthy of everyone's worship. O king, those brahmanas who know Krishna in truth have finished with all ritualistic performances. So he's quoted a verse from the Mahabharata, which is considered the fifth fifth Veda as presented by um, Krishna Dragpayana Vyas. So... And then as he goes into these, of course, he explains them. 
and I'm just going to give you the evidences uh, just to bring us up to date. Um, he also, Jiva Goswami, in the 80th Anuchedi, quotes uh, Sarvashi Chahamriti Sani Visto Mata Shmritir Janamapohanam Cha. I'm Krishna himself saying from the Bhagavad Gita, not the Bhagavatam, from the Bhagavad Gita, that I am the source of all the Vedas, and by the Veda I am to be known. Um, then he quotes from the Brahma Samhita, Chintamani prakarasadmasu kalpariksha laksavritesu surabir abhipalayantam. I meditate on Sri Govinda, the original Purusha, who is tending the divine Surabi cows with the utmost care and attention and who is lovingly served by hundreds of thousands of Lakshmis or gopis in pavilions inlaid with chintamani and surrounded by hundreds of thousands of wish-fulfilling trees. The footnote is kind of what we concentrated on for a good portion of the last uh, discussion, Uh, but there was only three of us there, so I have to share it with you because it's phenomenal. The footnote is explaining what is chintamani. What do we mean by this word chintamani? So the footnote reads as follows. Chintamani refers to a transcendental gem, mani, that transfers an individual's will, intent, or purposive ideation, chinta, into reality. Okay. It's, a, it's, a, it's a gemstone that takes your will or your intent or your purpose, per, purposive ideation, what your ideal is. In other words, Chintamani is endowed with the potency to manifest reality out of mere intent. Through the effective power implicit within Chintamani, the idea becomes identical with its own fulfillment. Hence, Chintamani is a reality-actualizing gem. In addition, these gems are also, are also real in the absolute, absolute or ontological sense being direct manifestations of Krishna's own intrinsic potency, Shwarup Shakti. This is what Krishna's abodes are constructed of. This is... That Krishna's abodes is, is made of Chintamani indicates that it's, indicates its transcendental nature. And then he goes on to explain that there's no way that I could translate this word chantamani into English. So you're going to have to understand this explanation because when I when when going forward in the Sandarbhas, this term chantamani is used, there's nothing I can say except chantamani. And then we went into some some of what that means. I mean, to imagine to, to the actual nature of the, the abode of Krishna is, is that actualization 
of the intent to serve Krishna in a specific manner. Everything is provided for you upon demand. I want to fan Krishna. I want to give Krishna, I want to, so, I mean, there's human-like activities, but the fact is it's all loving service to Krishna. So the land is providing everything according to the loving desire of the devotee. And I took a little bit of detour and said that's, that's our objective, that we need to take our consciousness into a land of Chintamani, meaning that we are willing to take everything in our environment and make it an offering to the spiritual master, somehow or other. We have to take everything in our environment and make it into chintamani. It has to, it has to serve the, our willful intent to, to enter into complete surrender to the guru. That's a chintamani consciousness. That's, that is the mood of the surrendered devotee. Another quote from the uh, Brahma Samhita. Then he raises his own uh, objection to certain places in the scriptures where, like the Atarakanda of the Padma Purana, Jiva says, well, there it says the source of all avatars is Narayan alone. And then he goes on to quote from the Pancharatra where it says that Vasudeva is said to be the source. And then he goes and he says, and these, it cannot be argued that these two are in fact none other than Sri Krishna. Vasudev, it's not Sri Krishna. Narayan is not Sri Krishna. They have their own abodes. They have their own followers. They have their own forms. They have their own leelas. They're not Krishna. So what about these statements that say that you know, from the Padma Purana and from the, you know, Pancharatra that say that Narayan is the source of everything or Vasudev is the source. So he replies, the sovereignty of Srimad Bhagavatam over all other scriptures has, scriptures has been systematically shown in the very beginning of the first Sandarbha. Moreover, it is, a well, it is well known from the Bhagavad itself that this revealed text was brought to light by Sri Vyasudeva only after the awakening of complete knowledge and realization in him. So Jiva's saying, and he brings out the fact and the, uh, I don't know what they call it. Uh, the power is uh, to override other scriptures is clearly evident in statements such as the following. And he gives a couple statements from the Bhagavatam. The main point being made is that the last scripture presented by Vyasadeva is the height of his real revelation, the height of his realization. Yes, he did present other scriptures. In the other scriptures he presented, there are other conclusions. But his final conclusion is presented in the Srimad Bhagavatam. So it is the emperor of all these other scriptural presentations and we need to see it that way if we're going to call ourselves a follower of the Goswamis of Vrindavan. 
if we want to see it another way, it's okay. No one's going to object. But you probably won't enjoy our sangha a lot if you do because we're sold out to a certain conception. And then a quote from Vyasadeva, and it goes on. So anyway, that is kind of the the condensed a condensed presentation of, of where we were in the 80th Anacheda, which begins the discussion. Uh, then we go on to the 81st, uh, Krishna is the source of Vasudeva. And we'll begin to read here for this evening's discussion. So Jiva says here, Bhagavan Sri Krishna said, of the nine forms worshipped by devotees, I am the original form, which is transcendental. He says that to Uddhava in the 11th canto. So Jiva Goswami then quotes Sridhar Swami as follows. Swami Pod comments, the word sattvatam means of the devotees, of the nine form, forms worshipped in the Navavyuha. So there's a Nava Vyuha. We're, we're familiar with the Chatur Vyuha. Well, there's actually more forms of the Lord that are the primary forms that are worshipped. So the, the Nava Vyuha is as follows. Vasudeva, Sankarsan, Pradyumna, Aniruddha, Narayan, Harigriva, Varaha, Nishringa, and Brahma. I am the one called Vasudeva. Brahma. How's Brahma get in there? Jiva's going to tell us how he does. So, it is therefore observed that even the sannyasis of the Advaitin order place Sri Krishna in the central throne of the, the Yas Puj ceremony, while Vasudeva, Vyas, and others are positioned as his surrounding associates. Similarly, in the Asta, I'm sorry, Astaksara. Tala of Krama Deepika, Sri Vasudeva and others are described as his surrounding associates. Wow. Vasudeva, Sri, says here, Sri Vasudeva is considering, considered a surrounding associate with Krishna in the center. Well, wait, aren't they the same? Vasudev was born of Vasudev and Devaki. It's another name for Krishna. Yeah, but not in this context. What? Not in this context. Jiva's going to say how. It's not in this context. He has such a unique way of, of... It has... Everything has to arrive at the proper conclusion. And Jiva... He, would, he won't see things any other way than through this proper conclusion. So you're not going to see Vasudeva, when Vasudeva is referring to Krishna, used as being subordinate to Krishna. That would be a... Who, who would make a statement like that? Krishna is subordinate to Krishna. No. So, we'll go on. In the case of the Gita statement, among the Vrishnis... I am Vasudev. The word Vasudev here means the son of Vasudev, which should be taken to mean Baladev. 
The speaker of this verse is Sri Krishna himself, Jiva says. It would be improper to impose the status of a vibhuti on the very person who is speaking of his vibhutis. Because listeners would understand the entity in question to be someone or something other than the speaker. So now we have this is a unique unique way, okay, this verse says, you know, puts Krishna as a vibhuti, the nomenclature of Vasudeva. It can't be referring to Krishna here. It has to be referring to the son of Vasudeva, Balaram, the older son. Thus, when the primary meaning of Vasudeva's Krishna is sublated, the above explanation is proper. And so it is rightly explained of the various forms of Bhagavan, I am Vasudeva. Hmm? What about Shankarshan? What about him? He's in there too. Yes. Well, I guess Balaram's both of them. No. Shankarshan is subordinate to Balaram. He's a he's a vibhuti of Balaram. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. The original yeah. is Krishna, then the first expansion is Baladev, uh-huh. and then we have the Chaturvyuha. Mm-hmm. And the, the Mula Chakra Vyuha is in Vaikuntha, Sankarsan, Pradyumna. Um, sorry, Vasudeva, Sankarsan, Pradyumna, and Aniruddha. And then there's a second. So, uh, yeah, he's a, he's a Vibhuti of ba- Balaram. In the, even in the, you know, even in the first uh, Chakra Vyuha. What about Rama? I mean, the verse that's quoted here, that is the Praman verse of the Anucheda, uh, mentioning the nine, the nine forms. Uh, by uh, Sridhar Swami, he mentions Brahma as the ninth form. So how do we reconcile that? In order to do that, Rupa Goswami has explained in his Lagu Bhagavata Amrita, uh, he's explained this in the following verse there. In some particular, Sattvata Tantra, i.e. the Pancharatra, there is mention of a vyuha containing nine members. So in other words, this is, this is also Rupa further explaining the same thing that, that Sridhar Swami, referred to as Swami Pad in the Anucheda, had explained. The first four are Vasudeva, Sankarshan, Prajumna, and Aniruddha. The remaining five are Narayan, Nasringa, Harigriva, Varaha, and Brahma, totaling nine altogether. The Brahma mentioned here, Rupa Goswami writes, however, should be understood as Bhagavan Hari Vishnu himself in accordance 
with a previously determined principle. Vlagu Bhagavatam Rita, 15178. It goes on in the commentary to say, the principle referred to in the above statement of Vishnu accepting the post of Brahma was expressed earlier in the same book by Srila Rupa Goswami. So Rupa Goswami explained how this this personality, Brahma, is in certain instances the supreme, a manifestation of the supreme. We're talking about the the Nava Vyuha. We're not talking about Krishna. We're talking about expansions from Krishna, technically. All right? So, this other quote from the Lagu Bhagavad Gita reads, Generally, it is Vairaj, one gross cos- co- cosmic being, who becomes the four-headed Brahma for the purpose of evolving the universe. Sometimes, however... Bhagavan Vishnu himself becomes Brahma and personally oversees the process of evolution. In this regard, Padma Purana states, in some Mahakalpas, a jiva becomes Brahma on the strength of his worship. At other times, in the absence of such a jiva, Vishnu himself assumes the post of Brahma. So here we find even, I mean, Rupa Goswami quoting presenting this in the Lagu Bhagavad and what's he using as evidence? He's using a statement from the Padma Purana. In some Mahakalpas, a jiva becomes Brahma. At other times, Vishnu himself assumes the post. What's happening here is we're again we're looking at other scriptural presentations that aren't the Bhagavat Purana to show that Krishna's do Bhagavan Swayam, the supreme manifestation is Krishna. Everything is coming ultimately from Krishna. Okay, Vasudeva is the name of Krishna, but Vasudeva who belongs to the Navavyuha is a separate form. Which brings us to the Knights and Anucheda. <laughs> the 82nd Anucheda, which has a few subdivisions, I believe. Uh, four. The first one alone is gloriously long <laughs> and detailed. So, we've all studied the Bhagavad Gita. So now we're going to see what Jiva pulls out of the Bhagavad Gita for our benefit. And I doubt if we'll be able to cover um, all of this this evening. But we will begin. So, extensions of Krishna's supremacy through Kati Samanya, the supremacy of Krishna's name. 
is the first subsection. Oh, I'm wow. This one we might get through. This is not the Bhagavad Gita is 82.2. 82.1 is about Krishna's name. So Jiva writes here, because his Krishna's supremacy thus transcends all others, consequently the glory of his name and other things related to him also surpasses that of all other avatars, as concluded from an extension of the principle of universal concordance, Gati Samanya. With regard to the name, it is stated in the Sri Krishna Astatara Sata Namamrita Stotra of the Brahmananda Purana, I'm sorry, Brahmananda Purana, Purana, by repeating Krishna's name just once, one attains the same benediction that accrues from thrice representing, repeating the thousand holy names. In this way, Jiva writes, the superior benefit of uttering Krishna's name is expressed by none other than Sri Mahadev in the Mathura Mahatmya of the Patala Kanda of the Padma Purana. Liberation is attained from the Taraka name, whereas devotion in the complete stage of divine love, Prem Bhakti, is attained by the Paraka name. Oh, what's that mean? So Jiva explains it. Prior to this verse, the designations Taraka and Paraka were ascribed to, name, to the names of Rama and Krishna, respectively, because of their correlated capacities of awarding liberation and love. In this regard, the power Shakti to award liberation is exceedingly great in the name Rama. Jiva goes on to write, but in the name Sri Krishna, the power to bestow the bliss of praying, which belittles the ecstasy of liberation, is even greater. A statement to this effect is found in the Vishnu, Vishnu Damotara Purana. A particular name is able to affect a result, benign or malignant, according to the corresponding power with which with which it is endowed. In the following proclamation of Bhagavan Sri Krishna from a dialogue between Sri Narada and Kusadwaja in the Prabhasak Purana, the supremacy of the name of Sri Krishna is explicitly stated, O Arjuna, of all my names, Krishna is the chief. In this manner, by the principle of universality, of scriptural concordance, Gati Samanya Nyaya, Krishna's absolute supremacy has been proven through the glory of his name. In like fashion, Krishna's supremacy is to be examined additionally on the basis of the all-exceeding glory of his qualities, form, divine play, and sacred abodes, such as Mathura as propounded in various scriptures. But I don't want to make the book so large that you won't 
want to try to read it. Mm-hmm. So Jiva writes, Out of concern for the length of the book, <laughs> examples of these have not been cited here. So he's basically saying the name, form, qualities, pastimes, and abodes of the Supreme Lord. I'm just giving you a little glimpse here of the supremacy of the name Krishna as found in scripture. I mean, one utterance of Krishna, three utterances of the thousand names of Vishnu, uh, and other he's given us of the what is what is really the potency of, of Krishna's holy name? And this is just this is just a little glimmer I'm giving you. Really, though, if we look to and what he said, what's he saying? If we're looking at a manifestation of the supreme absolute truth, the supreme manifestation with personality, there are many manifestations of the supreme with different personalities. But if we're look to look at them, which one has the most potent name, the most magnificent form, the most outstanding qualities, the most astonishing Leela, and what to speak of the abodes, because Krishna has Shintamani as the groundwork with Kalpavriksha trees. So that's what's being presented here, is if you really want to look to this manifestation of the Supreme, Swayam Bhagavan Sri Krishna, and then look to all the other literatures, all the other scriptures, and all the presentations of the other manifestations of the Lord, no matter what they be, they're not, they, they don't come close especially when you consider name, form, quality, pastimes, and abode. Of course, the commentator is going to add a little bit of a glimmer of the other items mentioned by Jiva Goswami, um, just so we can have some perspective. So the Satyanarayan says here, nonetheless, I shall take the liberty to provide a few references in this regard. Concerning the beauty of Krishna's form, Sri Bilavam Mangal says, the transcendental body of this omnipresent one, Vibhu, is doubly sweet. His face is triply sweet while his gentle honey-fragrant smile is four times as sweet. We're talking about Krishna's form. Name, now we're to form. What austerities did the gopis undergo as a consequence of which they can now continuously drink through their eyes the beauty of Krishna's form, of his form, which is the very essence of charm, unequaled and unsurpassed, self-existent, perpetually new, and virtually unattainable, the ultimate reservoir of fame, beauty, and opulence. Then he quotes from the Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu, 
the four extraordinary qualities of Govinda are his astonishing divine play, Leela, his devotees who excel all others in love, the maleficness of his flute, and the maleficness of his divine form. Earlier we found this where Satyarayan explained to us that if we look to this term Madhurya and we look for an English equivalent, we'll find this term, maleficness, uh, honey-like. And the root of both words is the same. So he uses that sometimes as an English equivalent to the word Madhurya. So we know Leela Madhurya, Prema Madhurya, Venu Madhurya, and Rupad Madhurya. Um, so more support in the commentary here. A quote from uh, Sri Brahma from the Brahma Samhita, I worship original Purusha, Sri Govinda, who has his own abode called Galoka. Below it, in order, are the various Vaikuntha Lokas, Haridam, the abode of Mahesh, Shiva, the abode of Devi, the material cosmos, the governing authority over which has been awarded by him to the rulers of those respective Dhams. And that's where this commentary at. So he's shown, just given us a little glimpse as to where Jiva Goswami could have gone. And of course, knowing Jiva, if he was to have gone there and tried to explain these items, he would explain them, he would oppose them, he would counter his opposition with the Siddhanta, the conclusion. So next discussion will be uh, our entrance into. Remember, this is these are are statements where, you know, we have universal concordance with the conclusion of the Bhagavat Purana, the Srivad Bhagavatam. So where else would we go next? Well, we would definitely go to. The. Prastrana Trai, what the other Sampradayas accept as the topmost presentation of Praman or evidence regarding the Supreme Absolute Truth. That's a threefold presentation of acceptance of the Upanishads, major Upanishads, of the Vedanta Sutra, and of Bhagavad Gita. So the next Anucheta is going to be entrance into an extremely detailed explanation of the Bhagavad Gita's conclusion in the 18th chapter. And there's some real, real interesting things that Jiva Goswami brings out in this explanation. Any questions?
Yes. Um, you said that um, we don't know all the different avatars that could come after this, after Lord Chaitanya, that there could be more. No, I don't think I said avatars. I said, I said we don't know all the different supportive knowledge oh. and, and deeper revelation. But no, I did not say. Okay, because I was wondering, well, I know he has unlimited avatars, but then it's not mentioned. No, no, no. Okay. I didn't right. didn't intend that if I said it. Did I say no, it? No, okay. Okay, I got it. All right. I thank you very much for your association. Thank you. Thank you.